Hello, and welcome to the Anovia Conversation. I'm Steve Waltz. And I'm Jeff Pergulski. And today, Jeff, our podcast is called The Bob Podcast. The Bob Podcast? What is that about? You know, it's, uh, well, I got a brother, Bob, but it's not about him. I had an Uncle Bob, but I think every organization needs to have a Bob. And we're fortunate today. Today, we got Bob Baird. Hi, Bob. How are you? I'm Bob, Bob, bobbing along, Steve. <laughs> He's picking up on this podcast stuff quickly, Steve. Hey, well, well, welcome. We're glad to have you. And uh, it's it's been a while. We should have had you on sooner. But Jeff, you know, he's he's kind of a pain sometimes. And I finally talked him into it. So we're excited to have you. <laughs> That's not fair. I was begging Bob for months. It was just his schedule was, you know, he's a busy guy. Busy he, guy. he is a busy guy. So anyway, Bob, you're an account manager with Inovia, or you're on. Well, uh, Jeff's still on the account, uh, the customer engagement team. So we're all on the same team. We're, it's, uh, you know, something that. You know, we we as a team uh, love bragging about. So I thought maybe we could give you an opportunity to tell our, our listeners kind of a little bit about yourself uh, personally and professionally, if you don't mind. Okay. Well, I, I usually start with um, having brought the blues on my back up the Mississippi in the 40s to Chicago. But, you know, I'll skip that part of it. Um, <laughs> no, wait. I want I want to hear. No. We'll, you want we'll to take hear that, that We'll take that <laughs> offline, Bob. Okay. That sounds okay. fascinating. Um, so I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm officially the old guy, um, the oldest guy in the customer engagement team. So I've been around it and systems and that kind of stuff for 40 years. And that also means in my case, I've done a little bit of everything. So, um, I've, I've been a, um, I've been a CIO, I've been a VP of supply chain in it. So I've been on the customer side, hiring people. As a matter of fact, I hired Anovia. That's part of my how I got here story. Um, but I've also I ran a Microsoft VAR, my Great Plains Microsoft Gold VAR, for a couple of years. I ran a management consulting group for mid-sized manufacturing distribution companies for quite a while. Um, and uh, and I've been an independent consultant. I've you know I've worked with companies, mostly mid-sized manufacturing distribution companies, but also some. Pretty large ones. I worked for American Express. I worked on American Express. I worked with John Deere. Um, so I've kind of been seeing all sides of it, which I think, I hope, um, helps me work with customers better, you know, because I can kind of understand where they're coming from. Um, I understand when they're de dealing with an ISV or a software vendor, what it's like and what it's like for the ISV. I understand what it's like for us. So, um, Hopefully, all that all that helps. Cool. I I know when I first started talking with you, you're like, oh, I live uh, uh, nine or ten blocks from Wrigley Field. I said, oh, really? I got I got tickets there. And you said, what? You remember? Yeah. I said, oh, really? Well, like, what section are they in? You said two thirteen. I'm like, what row? It turned out, what was it? What are your tickets are like ten rows behind me or something? Yeah, exactly. Just about about nine, ten rows behind you. We're like, I know I'm gonna like that guy. He's a Cub fan, and we're in the same section. So uh, <laughs> difference is, I got uh, once again the seniority thing, Steve. I've got seniority on you. I've had my tickets since 1984. Right. So you've experienced more pain, is what you're telling me. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. So, well, that, that that that's real cool, Bob. And you know, it's, so you've been at Anovia for how many years now? I think you know, I knew you were going to ask that. I think it's been this is getting old, right? 
I think it's been four, four or five, something like that. Four, let's just say four and a half, something like that. I, I think we'll go with four and a half. Cause, so yeah. Jeff's, Jeff's the old guy here for tenure because I remember you get, I got hired about five years ago or shortly after me. And so, uh, well, well, that's cool. So you, how'd you end up at Anovia then? Um, I ended up in Anovia because, like I said, when I was, I was VP of supply chain and IT for a luxury furniture company, company called Holly Hunt in, in downtown, based in downtown Chicago. Although we had showrooms all around, but anyway, um, and I I brought in Anovia at that point. It was ABC Computer, right? Um, and there's a little funny story behind that. But I got to know people who are still at Anovia: um, Tom Doran, Lisa Doran, you know, obviously Donovan. Um, and Tom and I kind of formed a friendship. And and so I went out after I left Holly Hound, I was an independent consultant. And Tom and I used to have lunch every, I'd say about every nine months, something like that. He'd be coming into Chicago. He'd say, hey, find a good place. Um, I actually brought Anovia into a client or two, uh, one successfully, one not successfully uh, for Anovia. And um, I was actually implementing fairly large, I was, as an independent consultant, I was implementing fairly large ERP um, projects, things that were from between two and 10 million, and typically took a year, year and a half. And um, I just got, I had a new gig, it was going to take, it took me down to New Orleans, but I was going to be there for 18 months. And it wasn't even New Orleans, sadly enough, if I were in the city, my attitude might have been different. It was on the other side of the river in Gretna and then out in Lafayette. And I just went, I don't want to get on a plane, you know, every Monday and come back late Thursday night. I'm getting too old for this. And Tom called me up, I thought, so we could have lunch. And he said, how are things going? And I said, eh. And he said, good, because I want to talk to you. I got a job for you. So um, it was just fortuitous timing. It was great timing. Um, I was happy to come on board. Uh, obviously, I knew people, some people, uh, not besides Tom, people on the Anovia team. And um, it's worked out great. You know, one thing, uh, customers say this, I think this is why we get customers, but, you know, as an employee, I can say it is really just about universally the nicest group of people I've worked with. Um, I've worked with some nice teams, but, I mean, it's just, it's it's a good smart group of people and just good people to work with. So I've been happy uh, happy doing this. And that's including Jeff, right? Oh well, I, yeah. Present company accepted. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> hey, well, so Steve, that as, as you laugh, Bob, do you remember your first week at Anovia? I think actually we spent a day or two together working we out did. of my home office, didn't we? And, and he didn't quit, Steve. He didn't quit after that. No, I didn't quit. I went to the uh, Pergolsky Mansion and uh, we hung out there. And uh, I remember, you know, it was like orientation. I got there and Jeff said, uh, "I don't really know what we're supposed to do." But uh, well, we'll talk for a while. <laughs> That's most of my professional career summed up right there. Well, that that makes sense now because I remember seeing Bob a month later. He goes, "Well, I figured if Jeff could do it, then I could do it." <laughs> See, sometimes we second guess our leadership team, but they really do know what they're doing. They're like, "We'll right. let him spend some time with the stupidest guy at Anovia, and if he, that doesn't scare him, that might inspire him." That. Like Steve said, if I can do it, anyone can. Um, in all seriousness, Bob, you're like, uh, I think 
do you have any um, other than maybe your experience as running your own consulting firm, being a member of the quote unquote sales team um, at Inovia? Did you have sales experience, or um, it, or you know, it, were you ever in a sales position? I guess I should say in a strictly sales yeah, position? yeah. So. Um, in a pure sales position, yeah, deep, dark secret of my background before I got into IT is I was a regional salesman for the college division of Macmillan Publishing in Oregon and part of Washington, actually the eastern part of Washington. Um, and um, I was not what I would necessarily call a smashing success. That made me go, you know, just pure sales isn't necessarily my gig. But having said that, having run consulting groups and, you know, been a principal, and uh, I was principal in a supply chain consulting group. I forgot that piece. But um, there's a sales element of it, especially when you're running a consulting group or if you're just a small, like as an independent, I wasn't just an independent. I had a, there was a little two person firm. We had about, oh, 10 or 12 subcontractors that worked with us. But I mean, a lot of that effort is sales. And when, you know, when you're not consulting, you're selling. So that piece of it, the kind of consultative stuff I'm comfortable with, but just going out and purely hawking something, I'm not, Steve will testify to this. I'm not necessarily the best guy in the world. Steve's got that expertise. Well, but you know, when you say expertise, it's, you know, one thing you learn as uh, as you go through your career that, you know, people don't like to be sold things. They like to buy things and they right. like to deal with people that know about the things that they're looking at. Right. And and just the way we're kind of set up on our team, it's, uh, you know, when, when I talk with people, Bob, about, uh, you know, that are interested in Inovia and I explain to them, you know, some of the talent on our team. And like if I use you, for example, tell them stuff that, that you've done and accomplished and I tell them that, you know, you're a no-charge no resource for them. They're like, what would you just say? So, it you know, it, it it's it's great being able to provide a resource like that to help somebody in their ERP journey. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's, thanks, Steve. And that's, um, you know, and I think our roles as customer engagement managers isn't, you know, it's not purely a sales role. It's being the trusted advisor. And it's uh, saying, hey, oh, you need something? Well, I can help you out. And, Sometimes it's we point them in direction that there's no money in Anovia for it, but it's the right direction for the customer, you know. So um, it's a good fit. It's a good fit. So, so tell me what a so what is a typical day of being Bob for Anovia <laughs> like? Um, you know, get up late, uh, <laughs> some coffee. You know, I taught I, him you that. Know what? I was going to say Jeff first, didn't he? <laughs> I modeled myself on Jeff. I went, well, this guy can get away with it, hanging out in the house, you know. Um, you know, a typical day, I, the, the days bounce around a fair amount. You know, one thing I do do, I, Steve, you're always saying, hey, Bob will do all this stuff for free. I also do stuff that I charge for. Um, so, I, you know, I have done... Um, as I've done before, software selection projects. I've actually been a project manager on um, third-party software that one of our clients selected, helped them get that implemented. So, I, and you know, I'm I do process reengineering, value stream mapping stuff. So, I sometimes I'm chargeable. It just depends. Um, 
And actually, right now, some you know, my my day right now is not atypical. I'm uh, well, this doing this is atypical, but um, you know, in the morning, I had a call with we had a call with a customer that I'm going to do some chargeable work for. We just mapped out. I'm going to do some value stream mapping. I'm going to help lead some um, projects where they're looking at their processes. Um, that's one thing. Then I've got a sales call with a client uh, that we're queuing up a project and it's to go over the fit gap um, piece uh, with with that client. And then I've got another call. Where <laughs> I'm, I'm talking to a client about uh, some new licensing stuff that we set up with them. And um, actually Jeff's going to be on that because we're looking at uh, what they can do on Azure and uh, putting their VM, uh, you know, their virtual machines on Azure and how to how to figure that stuff out. So it's it's just you know it it varies. Some days it's just going, hey, I haven't talked to these guys in a while. And, you know, I got a client down in Texas, for instance. I haven't talked to them for a while. I got to check in with them. Um, so sometimes it's just checking in with the client, seeing how things are going, especially these days with COVID. See how things are going. See how the business is going. Um, you know, if they if they were in a down cycle, see what we can do to help out there, etc. So. It's it's keeping in contact, and then uh, in my case, tackling sometimes consulting projects, and then um, helping clients work through issues and get to get new projects kicked off. So, so you know, Bob, I was as you were, as you were talking, I was thinking about how uh, uh, you know throughout throughout your tenure, like when you first started uh, and got into it, and now. So, what would the what would the Bob now tell the Bob 30 years ago? I mean, like if you could go back and have one of those moments, like if, let's say you're, you're thinking about implementing a, 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 a NAV BC, right? What advice would, what, what advice would you give your old self? I'd say, you know, uh, get another job. Because <laughs> <laughs> what, <laughs> what are you thinking? It is always painful in implementation. I actually used to, when I do software selections and, you know, stuff when I was advising clients, I would tell them that, you know, as an independent or, as, you know, third-party advisory kind of thing. I'd say, you know, there's there's going to be pain. I mean, you just don't deny it. But, um, I, you know, uh, what would my advice, if I, if I look back when I started out on stuff, it would be to, you know, I guess it would be to make sure the organization is prepared for what you're about to do, you know, that you've got the right executive sponsorship, you've got the right people on the team, you've got the right time commitment, um, you know, that that and implementing, be, implementing any system, BC or any system, isn't an IT project. That's what I used to say, and I still say that, you know, I, now that I can look back on it. It's a business project, you know, IT is there to facilitate all right. the technical stuff. But it's not just an it's not an IT project. You are changing how people do their job every day, you know. So if you don't have that stuff set up right, and you're not thinking through that, don't have the right involvement. Don't do get another job. Right? Don't, don't and do this it. could be for both you guys because you know you just said that because you know my view coming out of sales and marketing <clears throat> over to this type of world was, you know, my vision of IT was kind of everything that had to do with you know computers, right? And it's it's this is enterprise. It's a lot of process. It's a lot of planning. And um, and it seems like some of the calls I get or when I talk with people, 
they just think it's like buying server sometime. You're just going to implement an ERP system. Am I way off base on that or? No, I think people do. I think, uh, you know, I've had, uh, unfortunately, too many times business owners, you know, I've done worked at like we have a lot of clients that are a lot of privately held businesses. We have publicly held businesses, but and that's uh, small to mid market space. A lot of privately held companies, a lot of business owners go, well, you know, you can you can get this done in like three months. Right. You know, they just think it's. You know, they think it's easier than changing out a molding machine on the manufacturing <laughs> floor. You know, it's all plug and, and play, right, Bob? <laughs> it's plug and play. It's just what's the problem, you know? Um, so, yeah, there's not, there's often not an understanding of the level of complexity and, and really the level of human involvement. Like I say, you're changing how somebody, if a lot of people in the company, key people are doing their jobs every day. That's literally what you're doing. That's not easy. I agree. So, Jeff, any questions you got for Bob? Oh, uh, where Ooh. do I begin? Um, <laughs> okay, so, so I, I will uh, I will begin with what. Um, so, so you've had you you've gone over your experience. Hey, well, aren't we out of time now? Is it? Ah, yes. Sorry, Bob's got to go. Um, <laughs> Only I can use that excuse. But oh. what what have um, I guess? What is your f um, favorite um, part of your job? I mean, you wear a lot of hats. You you know you, mm -hmm. you mentioned project management and and you know consulting the value stream mapping. You're probably you know you should be a Navig all star based on the popularity of, of that presentation alone. So value stream mapping, just the you know your day to day. What's your favorite part of of your job? Ooh. I mean, besides talking to you guys like this? Besides being on this podcast. Besides being on this podcast. That's a new high point. Um, I would say, you know, it's not it's not necessarily doing the consulting work, although that can be really rewarding. It's, it's, it's really kind of being more in that role of, of trusted advisor, you know, where it's not necessarily – a consulting gig. I'm not doing value stream mapping or I'm not doing a software selection or anything like that. But I'm just talking to a client and they have a problem. We're just talking through it and helping find solutions. And, you know, it's that that kind of interaction and, and feeling like I'm in value to them. I mean, that's, you know, when that happens and there's a, it's a good relationship with the client. And again, I'd say you know, one thing we have, and I feel like I'm able to have, is just really good relationships with um, with the clients, good uh, personal relationships in a lot of ways. So I think awesome. that's the most satisfying thing. Yeah, I get that. I, I, f I think I feel the same way. Uh, another question I have. So you said you've you've been around a while. What do you, um, in terms of just the, the sort of, trends um in in erp it, what do you uh i guess what do you think is the biggest difference between implementing systems maybe 30 years ago uh compared to today Ooh. is it the technology is it um uh, is it businesses capacity to uh to to invoke change like what do you what do you see at a high level as some differences yeah yeah it's a good question um 
Well, one thing is, let's see, 30 years ago or even 40 years ago, um, I'd say one, uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of technology differences, you know, but um, one of the big things is that systems and ERP systems, right, when we're talking about something like Business Central, in all honesty, they really used to be looked at as big accounting machines. I mean, going back to the 70s, that's what they were, frankly. And then you get into the 80s, and there's still kind of a tendency to look at, well, it just adds up numbers and does some mechanical stuff for us a lot faster than um, spreadsheets. You know, than spreadsheets or whatever, you know, or manually, whatever we used to do, right? And now systems are much more intelligent, um, much more broad in terms of their capability, and act, and people recognize that. You know, partially because the competition is 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 using it. I mean, an example with Business Central that's happened is, you know, with Business Central now you, the whole Microsoft stack is opened up to you. You know, and truly opened up to you. And the fact that there's something like business intelligence, like Cortana business intelligence, built into it, and that wasn't even conceivable 30 years ago. BI was something that they did in obscure languages in universities, right? Now that it can almost just be an everyday thing and advise you on inventory levels or forecasting, and it's just built in, the ability to plug and play off the cloud, those kind of capabilities just expands what anybody thinks they should be getting out of a system. Um, so it's, and and uh, people understand that now, you know, especially um, younger people, some old folkies, you know, like me, maybe don't understand it. There's some old <laughs> managers or some old owners, but um, it's an expectation, you know, it's really an expectation that people have out of their systems. Um, you know, one of the things, one of the things that uh, I do this little thing on warehouse productivity, this uh, webinar on warehouse productivity, and I quote the McKinsey Supply Chain 4.0 vision, which is now several years old, but I think still applies. And that's like systems have to be faster, to be more flexible, they might have to be more granular, more accurate, more efficient. It's basically you got to individualize everything. I mean, the notion 30 years ago of individualizing product delivery or individualizing a product, people go, no, you're crazy. This is our product. We crank it out. We just want to crank it out fast and get the sales done, et cetera. But the flexibility, the granularity, uh, you know, and the way systems can do that now, just amazing. Oh, yeah, and I think I see that, too, from uh, just being a consumer Everyone wants that Amazon experience of, you know, ordering something exactly. and having it in, you know, the next day or two days later. And, it, and you know, we I know that from working with customers, a lot of our customers sell on Amazon and platforms like that where there's an expectation. So the individualized, um, whether it's whether it's, you know, the products that they make um, being tailored to certain market sectors or the, um, you know, the delivery methods that different customers require um, the EDI requirements for invoicing and, and all of that. It's uh, I think that's a very good point that you brought up um, in, in terms of how 30 or 40 years ago that uh, that wasn't on anyone's radar. That seemed ridiculous. That wasn't the way to be profitable. The way to be profitable was to adhere to your process and, you know, and yeah. not really. 
be as flexible, et cetera. No, 30, 40 years ago, somebody say, well, when am I going to get this? And you say, well, our, our lead time's two weeks, you know, or whatever it was, right? You just quote the stated lead time. Now the order comes in, they want to know when you got it, and they are, when you're, when you're going to get it, when it's going to be delivered to their door, even in a B2B situation, and it better be there. I mean, like your Amazon thing is exactly on point, you know. I get a thing from Amazon, it's shipping, you're going to have it on Thursday. I'm like, it better be there on Thursday. If they disappoint me too many times, I'm going elsewhere. If there is an elsewhere besides Amazon these days, <laughs> I'm not sure what that is. Right. All right. So so my last question um, is it's supply chain related. So we see that um, COVID-19 um, and, and how that has disrupted businesses in a number of ways, um, customers, um, uh, people in the, uh, um, I mean, like across the board business-wise, it's been disruptive. How um, can you compare that to your experience dealing with the uh, pandemic of 1918 and tell us how that's different? Yeah. (laughs) All right, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was like, but I've had, I've been I've been drinking a little too much wine this week, so I can't quite get back to those memories. <laughs> oh, sorry. Jeff's Definitely. getting bolder as each podcast goes on. That's right. Jeff's <laughs> pushing me towards retirement here, Steve. Uh, you, you thought that's where I was going. Actually, though, you know, as a as a father of a, of of um, a recent college graduate who majored in supply chain. Um, it's really interesting how we realized through this disruption of COVID how important supply chains are and how that, you know, relates to uh, certainly to ERP systems oh, and, yeah. and and process. I, I wonder if you're going to get a lot more um, specific requests over the next year about helping um, analyze. Do you do any analysis um, from a supply chain perspective when you're doing like that value stream mapping, or is that mostly just internal for our customers? It's it's usually more um, just the the processes, right? And so, the, <laughs> when I was a principal in a supply chain consulting practice, I, I was always able to go. You know, I can't do that, but here, this guy over here can help. Help you design your international supply chain and resource things. So um, I know enough to know I don't have that level of expertise, um, you know. So, uh, but I can I certainly understand the issues and everything. But I'm just I'm not going to be the advisor on on how to rethink your supply chain in terms of software and stuff to help enable that. That I can help with. But you know, rethinking the supply chain. Oof, boy, I have enough respect for the guys that do that. That's Maybe that's something. Maybe that's something Steve should do. Sure. Well, like I said, I have another. That's a tough thing to do, Jeff. So, <laughs> Steve. Steve only is in. Uh, he's he's interested in the supply chain of cigars and uh, and is it uh, is it whiskey, Steve? What is it that uh, what is it that I buy you and I have to cross the border? Oh, you're <laughs> you're exposing all my bad habits. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve wait, and I are. <laughs> Are together on the cigar thing, you know. I hate yeah. to let the listeners in on that, but there's a little um, outdoor smoking lounge at our uh, fabulous South Bend headquarters. Yeah, it, it, it faces an alley and a fence. Well, actually, exactly. This <laughs> got replaced this year, so the scenery is much better. But yeah, uh, well, the neat thing is, like technology, is that you know, like if you order cigars, you can order them online, and they're much much cheaper. 
and uh, my, my brother, you know, it's he lives in Ohio, and they they charge a ten percent tax. So every once in a while, I get a box. I'm like, I didn't order these, and he shows up. <laughs> He's so cheap. Or <laughs> to say the ten percent, but uh, you know, Bob, you know, over this period of time, I, well, you know, what I what I've always had a hard time understanding, being you know, on all these other projects in my previous life. You know, they say seventy to eighty percent of all projects go over budget, mm-hmm. but it seems like. It's ninety-seven and a half percent when it comes to ERP. All right, maybe that's a hundred. I don't know, but so how would you tell an end user that's trying to talk about implementing like a business central, you know, and they're and they're and they're out looking and they're thinking, oh, I'm going to spend this just for the software. What, what would you tell that person if you if you don't do your due diligence and look at it as, a, as an investment? What's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what's going to happen is, to your point, they're going to be way over budget in all likelihood, and they're not going to achieve their objectives if they've actually thought through their objectives and they've got some state of business objectives, and they're in danger of it not of it failing. You know, just like not happening. Um, you know, so that's that's one thing I'd say. And and again, you know, it goes back to that comment I made before. You got to have. You're going to have management involved. You're going to have the right people involved and committed to the project. You got to have a really clear idea of scope. So, you know, scope and managing scope is critical. I've managed a lot of ERP projects. And I mean, you don't say, you don't get a third of the way into it and go, oh, you know what? I think we're going to implement EDI too. You know, I mean, that's, you're dead, right? Or I want to buy a third-party warehouse management system. Let's make that part of the project, or whatever it is, or over-customizing, whatever. You just have to really manage that tightly. If you don't manage these things well, it's going to go off the rail. And the other thing, to your point about, and I, I used to give talks on software selection. In fact, I, I'm going to do a webinar in the late summer on software selection. And quote, there's actually an organization that measures project failure, and the numbers you quote are exactly right. And, um, you know, one of the big things in terms of, uh, and now here I'm having a senior moment, in terms of uh, project failure is not just scope, management of the project, and I'm brain dead here. I'm trying to think of what my other point here was. Steve, help me out. Well, so, <laughs> you know, what I was going at is it's, what what I what I have found in this channel is I remember going up to I think Jeff you were with me went to Green Bay where at this distribution company did fifty million dollars a year <laughs> and the owner of the company says well can you load it on Friday and can we start yeah. using it on Monday and <laughs> well because somebody else told me you could well I mean well, yeah we can install the software absolutely right and oh you wanted to do what and and but I I think. Uh, you know, we're talking about how projects go over budget and they're not putting enough resources in. You know, I always wonder if there should be like a, a you know, maybe there is out there like uh, ERP 101, you know, before you even think about it. Because what the failure yeah. rate is 30% on ERP systems. And then, you know, I've been told, Bob, and maybe you can, you know, correct me because what 80% of statistics are made up, right? Uh, is that <laughs> as far as, as, far as uh, um, the, oh, when you look at this, when you look at the project, now I'm having a senior moment. I'm just having fun with you. Uh, when you when you when you look when you're looking at a project, <laughs> you know it's 
it, they say internally, like if you're doing something over and over again and and, it, and you can't fix it, why are you, are you going to give it to the same people? So maybe it's time to bring a consultant in, an outsider that has ex- expertise in it. But it's it's not like loading up, you know, windows or loading up something. This is a full fledged, you know, type of software that if it goes astray, it costs a lot of money. I, I was told it costs two to three times what you spent to fix a failed ERP system. Is am, am I? Is that right? Uh, well, yeah, I'm not sure about that. I've certainly seen instances where that's happened. Not in any projects I managed, obviously, but um, I've seen instances where that happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's you're in danger of that kind of stuff, you know. And it's going back to changing everybody's job. Everybody's got got to be involved. You got to manage the change. You got to have people committed to it, etc. Another thing, and this is where my senior moment was, is people, and back to your, you know. Quoting of the, your instance of the guy who said, can you get it installed and up and running on by Monday? Um, you got it. Well, you know, when people go, oh, I went way over budget. Well, how did you set the budget? I mean, I've I've advised customers. I had a couple of customers about seven, eight years ago that I worked with. We got to the point. We got the quote from the vendor. We knew how much the services were going to be. We knew how much I was going to cost to project manage the implementation. And then I said, and you need to put in, I typically, on the services side, 20% for customization because you can, no matter how well, how good a job you do specking out a system, there's going to be changes that are going to, that you can't anticipate, right? Not necessarily big scope changes. You want to limit those, but there's going to be changes you can't. A lot of people go, oh, no, no, no. Well, no, we've got the number from the software vendor and we know how much the project manager, that's our number. And you go, well, that's not a budget. That's not a smart budget, right? And sure enough, project got done, you know, in one instance, yeah, 10% over, you know, 20% would have been overkill. But, uh, you know, you, you just need to understand that it's not, unless you absolutely say we're not changing a thing from what we say we're going to do, these things, it's so complex, it's not scopable down to the last nickel and dime. So you better budget it right as well. And, and the scoping of the project, because, you know, we get, we, we'll get people coming to us and they'll say, you know, we want to do this. And then a year later, they want to, they want it to do something else. Well, it would have been nicer to know a year ago, right? <laughs> that we could, you know, because it's, it, it needs to be set up. It's a thing that you can have projects, but in the whole, you know, uh, looking at the whole, universe of the of the erp system it's 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 an ongoing it's not a zero-sum game yeah it is well, it's an uh, ongoing it's an ongoing light living breathing animal right it has to be attended to um to make sure it's 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 operating correctly yeah well and that's when you, when you're making the choice and what i hope to try and advise what i try to advise clients well where do you want to be in five years where do you think you're going to be in five years we got a client right now we're talking to about that he's going i want you guys to advise me i know i got to re-implement my system, but here's where I think I'm going to be in five years. And you're like, ooh, you know, so what are we going to do to get you up and running now? But also let's put all that stuff, like you're saying, Steve, in place so that in five years you grow to where you think you're going to be. We can do whatever add-ons or whatever else is necessary. I mean, it's not just for the business as it is today. Well, well, very cool. And one more question I have is so – with so the cloud, it is uh, it is just what it, it what especially with everything going on with with the COVID is, 
if you think about a time for it to happen, you know, can you imagine if that had been 20 years ago, how business would have been oh, yeah. so yeah. how profoundly affected versus now we're, you know, we're all remote and we're doing this, you know, on our PCs and, you know, the avail- availability of it. And, you know, I still get people that they, this, they, they, they won't leave office to go to Office 365, and now they kind of see that. Oh, that might be a good thing, <laughs> and, right, or right. you know what I'm saying. But uh, do you do you have a vision of how things are going, or, uh, or in the cloud? I'm kind of curious to get your take. Um, you know, to me, it's. I mean, I, you know, you're right. I mean, the cloud is that's where everything's going. Uh, you know, if it's not there already, it's where everything's going. I certainly understand because I've done the ROI calculations and over the years. Um, some clients who maintain their own servers have the staff to maintain their own servers, don't want to do that. But I think, in my opinion, that's getting less and less um, viable. In fact, we were talking to somebody the other day who's like had that attitude. And then we started talking about, well, you know, it's not just the servers and your people maintaining the servers. It's the backup. It's the redundancy. You know, here's what you can do if you have BC in the cloud. Um, you know, the Microsoft's got a global network. Um, you know, and people we used to be worried about the security, and I always used to say, you you don't have the level of security expertise Microsoft has, right? You think your your servers on site are secure? They're not. You know, um, so it's just I think a lot of all those. It's gotten to the point where all those reasons not to go to the cloud are gone. I mean, not in all instances. I won't say absolutely in all instances, but a lot of them are gone. And again, the thing I pointed out is the richness and in the Microsoft offering I'll talk about, the richness of everything that comes with it now. Office 365, the way that integrates with it. You know, we use it every day, Steve, where, you know, with 365 for sales and tracking emails and all of that. I mentioned Cortana, you know, uh, well, it's not Flow now. What What is it, Jeff? All the power apps. Power Automate. Power Automate. I mean, all, you know, what you can tie in now, talk about the cloud. You can tie in process flow. Somebody mentions your company or some product on Twitter. You can have a flow that ties into Business Central. I mean, it's just astounding how you can integrate your whole ecosystem, your whole universe that you play in. Because you're all playing in the cloud now anyway. Right, we all um, most of us have smartphones and, and uh, tablets and all that. We're we're doing all this stuff day to day in the cloud. Well, take advantage of that. You know, I mean, that's just and all the connections, all the connectivity you can have, and that just seems to get better every day. Frankly, well, we we appreciate it, Bob, and uh, I think are you going to be presenting at summit if there's going to be a summit in Nashville this year are you st- are you doing one of your presentations i i'm probably going to get stuck doing this uh the um you know the value stream mapping again as jeff mentioned I, I, you know when was this fifth time i don't know whatever it is but i keep thinking nobody's going to show up and we end up with a full full house so you know i, I expect we'll do that again but uh, maybe we'll do something else yeah so Jeff, I'll, I'll do mine, and I'll say, Bob, how many went to yours? He goes, Oh, standing room only. I'm like, Oh, so like, like mine was the opposite. <laughs> I'll I'll people come back and hear it again. I'm like, You got to be kidding. It's boring it's, it's, to me at this point. You know, it's important stuff. It's you know, because it's you're talking about process. You're not talking about you know the the software. And it's so it 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 all works together. Yeah, you know, the, it's the, this. You talked about you said the stack earlier, and you know, and, and it's having that. 
that you know that stuff having uh, I call it hockey vision when I used to play ice hockey. Like I, my remember the coach that put your hands you know facing by your head facing straight out. What do you see? Well, you just see exactly what's in front of you. Well, you put them to the side of your head, you see everything around you, right? And 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 so this whole ERP thing, you have to have that vision to where you know, yeah, because. Sure, it's going to do your financials. Yeah, you want to do this. Oh, you want reporting. But the the availability to take your data and utilize your data to to predict and to analyze is the capabilities yeah. are exploding, and it's it's having that and in, in, in that process mapping that you do it really helps people understand how to, to kind of map out their processes to, to get get them where they want to go. And so I uh, we we're, while we were glad that you took time out of your busy day. To, to join us. We know you're a mover to shaker and you got stuff going on. He gave us a hard stop, Jeff. I think we got in, yeah, we got in under it. I got 10 minutes to go. That's good. Well, well, great. And, and hopefully if you're going to summit, you can see one of Bob's sessions there. Uh, also, uh, he's done some uh, webinars for us on process mapping and other ones. And you said you have one coming up later on the summer. What is that again? Yeah, Bob? Later on this summer, I'm going to talk about, you know, selecting software, just the process of, because we have clients who are going, you know, and want, hey, I want to select a transportation management solution or, you know, whatever. Well, how do you go about doing it? Um, you know, if it's with the people that we partner with, they, there's a whole bunch of choices out there. So how do you do that? There is. And actually, somebody reached out to me yesterday about a TMS system. And so that's that's perfect. So if you're looking at adding on uh, an add-on or, or, or choosing some software, that would be a great webinar. You can go to the Inovia.com website. And you can look under events. Uh, it'll show the future events coming up. And then also you can go into past events. And you can even search by Bob's name, Bob Baird. And you can see all the webinars he's done over the years for us. And uh, I've been on a few of them. And um, uh, you can you can look at even if you want to look at any of the webinars, you can do it that way. We're also heavily involved on LinkedIn. So you can follow us on LinkedIn and on Twitter. So, Jeff, any other questions for Bob that you have? Nope. I got nothing. You got I'm, I'm still I'm still trying to recover from that uh, flu pandemic comment, but you know. <laughs> well, once again, once again, Bob, appreciate you you taking time out of your busy day, and this podcast is over. <laughs>